and welcome to this, the 10th episode of the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. I am your host, Angus Og McAnally, Artistic Director of Rise Productions, a freelance actor, more recently a director and producer here at Rise. I'm a 15-year veteran of the Irish theatre scene and a third-generation theatre maker. And as ever, we are coming to you live from our studios in the Irish Theatre Institute in the heart of Dublin's cultural quarter of Temple Bar. And what a crazy week it's been. After all my talk last week of great Christmas chart success and being selected for the new and noteworthy section on iTunes, suddenly the whole thing has gone stratospheric. Uh, Clearly you guys had been spreading the word or adding more reviews and ratings over on iTunes because last Friday, 24 hours after uploading Cathy Belton's episode, we woke up to the news that we were the number two performing arts podcast in the country. Now, given that we're surrounded in those charts by big heavyweights from RTE and BBC, this wasn't even something that we'd dreamed of but knew we could, would never be possible for us. It just simply wasn't on our radar, even as an ambition. But, of course, once we'd made it that far, we kind of thought to ourselves, right, let's go all out and push for the top spot. Let's see if we can make this the number one performing arts podcast in the country. So... We put out word on our social media pages that we were close and that we could do with a bit of a push, even just from the regular listeners who are tuning in every week, listening to me banging on about spreading the word or giving us a five-star rating and, you know, people saying to themselves, oh yeah, I must get around to do that at some stage. Well, the rush of retweets and Facebook shares and iTunes reviews and ratings from you guys was overwhelming and something magical happened not only did we secure the top spot in the performing arts chart we became the number one arts podcast in the country at one stage we were even at number three in the overall charts with just tommy tiernan and the guys from off the ball on news talk ahead of us it's a phenomenal achievement and brilliantly the added profile and platform it gives us will be a huge help in doing what we set out to do to support, promote and celebrate Irish theatre and hopefully it should help put a few more bums on seats around town. So thank you very much from all of us here at Rise to everyone who's helped spread the word so far and to those of you who have yet to do so maybe now's a good time to start because given that we've got the top spot now we're not looking to give it up anytime soon. So there are a number of ways, as we tell you every week, that you can help keep us there in the number one spot. The first thing to do is go and tell people about this podcast, whether that's in person over a cup of coffee or sharing the link to it on Facebook or retweeting the link up on Twitter. Go and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It just makes life easier for everybody and it magics its way into your uh, iTunes account every week. Yes, you can stream it from Fight Night and subscribe there. Yes, you can check it out on radiomade.ie, but please get over to iTunes uh, and subscribe there. And while you're over there, go back and listen to all the other episodes if you've uh, if you haven't been with us from day one. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes, which does a huge amount to help us in the charts over there if you leave us a review. And also, if you don't have time to do a full review, maybe just click to rate us, preferably five stars. Obviously, really simple to do. One push of a button, and it does wonders for our chart positions over there. You can follow us, Rise Productions, on Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash Rise Productions Ireland. Or you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Rise Ireland. So, of course, those are the ways that you can support without having to put your hands in your pocket but if you have a few bob to spare go and buy some theatre tickets not necessarily just for a Rise production show for whatever show is coming up if the budget stretches to top price tickets at the Abbey or the Gate or one of those bigger houses go and do that also great concession rates at the Abbey if you're short, if you're short of a few bob get yourself one of the concession rates there um, if you know the big top price tickets at the big houses are outside your price bracket that's fine go and find one of the smaller more fringe venues one of the more fringe shows where you might get tickets for 10 or 15 quid and if that's outside the budget still go on over to fundit.ie the crowdsourcing website where donations start as low as a fiver there are always great rewards for donating uh, like I say from a fiver uh, it's well worth doing you can support uh, an upcoming show there So that brings us to this week's interview and this week's guest is in fact two guests and they are two-thirds of arguably the hottest young theatre company in the country. It's Grace Dias and Shane Byrne from Theatre Club, uppercase theatre, lowercase club and they really are a force of nature. Since their debut at the Fringe just over two years ago they have been insanely prolific, turning out something like nine or ten shows, picking up awards left, right and centre and As you'll hear me say to them at the beginning of the interview, I think they're a really inspirational gang and while stylistically they'd be very different to the kind of work we make here at Rise, 
they were actually quite influential in providing the kick up the arse that we needed to stop talking about it and just get out there and do it. Their can-do attitude is amazing. And it was through seeing them achieve so much in so short a space of time that we finally said, okay, enough is enough. Let's get out there and just start making work. So here are Shane and Grace. Unfortunately, as they were slap bang in the middle of their get-in for their upcoming show, Deren Cody, the third member of Theatre Club, was unable to join us. But as you'll hear, she's certainly not far from their thoughts at any stage. Here it is. This is Theatre Club. So here we are with two-thirds of the wonderful Theatre Club. Guys, thank you so much for coming along. I am speaking to... Grace Dias. And I am speaking to... Shane Byrne. And you are both very welcome aboard. Lads, I am delighted to have you. So... I've been terrified about this one for a long time because as soon as I decided I was going to do this podcast, I wanted you guys on board because you have Aww. more energy than anybody else. And if I'm being totally honest, uh, a lot of what you guys do has been a huge inspiration in terms of me getting off my arse and doing stuff with Rice Productions. Aww. So let's say thank you for that before we even start. Thank you for saying that to us. And <laughs> as we start every week, let's get back to the very, very beginning. Okay. Um, I know DYT played a huge part in you guys getting together, but let's go back before that. To our birth. How, to your birth. Um, how did you guys find yourselves in DYT to begin with? Shane, would you like to answer the question first? I found I got <coughs> through DYT through a series of um, coincident or not coincidences, chance encounters. Mm. Um, it's quite long. I'll make it quite short. Well, I was doing I was doing the Young Gator School of Acting, okay. which was quite expensive and things. But my parents signed me up for that because um, I was too scared to actually go. I want to do something, and they just signed me up. <laughs> and then I went on um, adventure scout camp. Uh, in Cork and you, the way you decided what activity you got you picked a ticket out of a bag and that's what you got so I got water skiing and I was the only one from my group and I went here you know what I'm just going to go on the water skiing on my own I'll make friends when I'm there so I went had a great day in the water skiing I was talking to this girl who I'd seen around the gate and I was like I was like oh you do the gate as well she's like yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm in the Sunday group and I was like oh I only do the Saturday she's like audition for the Sunday one I was like sure and then um, I went someone else said something about DYT before but I'd never heard about it and she said oh yeah go for that that's much better so <laughs> when I got home from that camp on the Monday. Uh, I rang, made a phone call on the Tuesday to DYT and said I'd like to join. I didn't know anything about it. And then I got a phone call on the Wednesday saying, hi, there's auditions tomorrow if you want to do it. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and then I auditioned the next day, had to get past my photos taken. And uh, that's it. And the rest is history. That's how I got there. And yeah. Grace, for you? Um, my sister was actually a member of DYT. Right, okay. And your sister is, of course? Veronica Dice. Okay. And um, she was in it when I was growing up, and I remember just being like, everyone that she knows and her are so cool, and I want to be cool like them. Um, and so it was always a thing in my head that like as soon as I was going to be old enough, I was going to join DYT, and I couldn't wait to join DYT. I was so excited. What's the age point for DYT? 14. Right, okay. So like I was... That's a cool age. Yeah. But I was really, really nervous about it and really looking forward to joining it. And it's a sad story. Shane knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh actually interestingly before that kind of as a way of because I kept asking when can I join it when can I join it um, my sister paid for me to go to the Young Gate School of Acting where I met Shane Byrne Shane Byrne yeah me so we were friends before DYT okay and we used to kind of hang around together a little bit in Young Gate or whatever and then we kind of just never spoke to each other again after that that kind of teenage thing that happens where you I really like him he's going to be my best friend and then you just never then talk we went to different timed classes so we never yeah. saw each other ever again that was yeah. obviously the way you had to play it then but then another thing delayed us which was the sad story okay so I went and auditioned for it and I was kind of thinking I'm going to get into it because you know like Veronica was in it and I knew there was a thing where if you had someone in your family that was in it they kind yeah. of push it in a little bit because they like that if there's uh, brothers and sisters in it together or whatever um, and I auditioned and I auditioned with another girl who was in my class in school and also interestingly in my same audition group was Miss Deer and Cody okay. which is interesting um, but I didn't get it didn't they didn't let me in Really? So that was awful. So, Darren did. Uh, but Darren did get in, <laughs> and also uh, the other girl whose name is Afric, African Europe, bit of a name check there for Afric. Hi Afric. <laughs> Hi Afric, <laughs> who's also working on this. Right. She uh, did get in, and for the next few weeks in school, like everyone was going, "How are you getting on DYT and all?" And I was going like, <sighs> and I was really mean to her about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we laugh about it now, but I was really horrible about it. I was wow. like, I just don't think she should talk about it around me. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't think it's fair. <laughs> And um, so that was awful. So then I had to wait a full year to audition again. And then when I auditioned again, there was a mix-up with the audition times or whatever. Um, and long story short, I didn't get in. Did have a big fight with Maria Schwepp on the phone about it, being like, but it's not fair. I really want to 
audition. I'm waiting the whole year to audition. Again, you laugh about it now. I laugh about it now. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then third time, lucky. They made you wait another year? Yeah, they made me wait another year. No! I got in. And that by that stage, Shane had already been there a year. And Darren had been there three years. Amazing. Yeah. So that was awful. Now, it's very funny now because I'd be like... They didn't know. Imagine if, imagine if I hadn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> imagine what they wouldn't have got. The face of Dublin Theatre would be a very different piece now. Yeah. That's amazing to yeah. me. But obviously for you, having wanted it so much growing up, mm. going, oh my God, that's where the cool gang are. I yeah. can't wait to be part of there. And also, that must have been torture to not get It was there. awful. Also, my uncle, Pat McGrath, um, was in, uh, he was in loads of passion, but he was kind of in the passion machine company for, right, okay. for that kind of era. And every single person in that gang who would have like pints in the Olympia bar that you'd sit yeah. with after the show and they'd buy you a packet of crisps or whatever. They were all in DYT as well, which was awful. So like you, like everyone who was cool, was, it was like the holy grail of coolness and art and amazingness. Wow. Mm. Do you think that having to wait for it made you appreciate it more when you got it? I think, yeah, there was a big ceremony to it for me. Like, everything about it was really special and really important. Like, I took the... Well, I think there was for everyone, but I took mm. the... Like, I took the like the letter out and stuck it on my wall. I also... We're telling you I also <laughs> took the rejection letter from the first year and stuck it on my wall. Wow. Yeah, in between. So it was a big deal. Not getting in was a huge deal. That's really interesting. Yeah. So obviously you had family connections mm. in the business and around it yeah. and was kind of getting you towards it. What brought you to the gaiety in the first place? I don't know. It's just one of those children like that. Like I remember having a child mind who say, you should be on the stage. I was like, I was one of those kids. Not in a way as in like, I was like, I want to tap dance and be a star. Like I wasn't like that. I just was kind of, um, I don't know, maybe I was just gregarious or something. Do you know what the I girl version of that is? You should be on the stage. Like, oh yeah, Annie from the Abbey. Annie from the Abbey. Annie from the Abbey. <laughs> Look at you there. But um, no, no one else in my family was really, there's a couple involved now of my generation, but no one else at all was ever really involved for like in anything to do with art at all, I don't think. Um, and I think, like my family, not that they're shy, but they'd be quite quiet. So mm. I'd be kind of different in that sense. A lot of time I'm always like loud or whatever, but um, yeah, I'd be certainly be more um, outgoing in certain in certain ways. Mm. Okay. They're not shy, horrible, like reclusive or anything, but they're just, they'd be more like quieter and low key than me. So finally, you break down the door and make it into DYT. <laughs> Shane's there already. Shane's there already <laughs> with Darren. Darren the previous year. Mm. Who's been there the previous year. So she's the most experienced then of three of you in terms of she's got her feet well and yeah. truly in the door there yeah I think Darren was like walking around with clipboard or something when I walked in like she was very much Darren was the girl when you go into audition Darren was there's like a DYT is there and uh, Darren was Darren like they're like there to like to answer any questions <laughs> Darren was like the coolest teenager in the whole world oh my right. she had skinny jeans before everybody had them back she had all these things and then um, cut off the feet of her tights she did all those things she was cool and Darren just like waltzed in and didn't like say mm. hello she's like well, Sam was like, he's all nervous. Or <laughs> she was just so cool. And all of us were sitting there, nervous auditionees, not speaking to one another whatsoever. Yeah. And Darren came in just like, yeah, oh, it's great. I mean, sorry, I don't normally do this kind of thing like this. My other friend, he normally does it. And then she's kind of real airy and cool about it. <laughs> she was member's rep when I was doing it. She she, yeah, she would have been yeah. member's representative to the board. DOT is very good about their youth participation policies and things. Mm. So um, what was the question? Well, Darren was more experienced yeah she yeah. was cool and then um, yeah I, I would have been quite settled then by the time you got there as well yeah. and so talk to me about how that time in DYT shaped you guys and, and mm. kind of how it gave you your taste for what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it what, what, was the, what were the benefits of being at DYT I think a big part of it initially for me was like all my dreams about meeting amazing cool people came true right. <laughs> so when I went in like just like seeing like people like Darren and um, other people like milling around like Sean Kennedy you know Roisin Cormac like mm. uh, these like just really kind of um, well adjusted confident young people who are all making art in this house up at the top of the city which was like really exciting um, and so a big part of it for me was actually meeting people who I who I like got on with and who I was able to relate to and talk to and also a big part was meeting people who weren't like me right, okay. um, mm. so they were different to me and not you know not in a uh, and there was no there was no problem about you know like there was no oh how do you say it without saying something awful like there's no there's no uh, uh, like it's a little kind of it's, it's utopian in little ways there's, no, there's, there's no, no class there's no class no, I didn't want to say no, class yeah, there's yeah. No, it's not, class, <laughs> not classes in like yeah. even the, like the cl English class structure whatever mm. but there's actually 
everybody's just completely equal in, in yeah. any respect. Right, and okay. in DYT, it's a, it's a place where everybody's just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm home all of a sudden. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and it's because of all the other people who are who there. Are there. Yeah. yeah. And everything you are is acceptable to be to mm. everyone else. Yeah. Which is amazing. And it's, it, that's something that you really discover in the first few weeks. You're like, oh wow, I can do anything I want. And these people will like me for it or not, but which it won't is, matter. But which is a really useful thing, particularly for people at that age. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah totally. Wow. I think yeah. the three of us would say that as much as the, as much as the art side was will be the personal, personal and kind yeah, of, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Made us it, like yeah, it's, it completely like it was for me. It was like the, it was the the difference between like my life going down a really bad way or going down a really good way. Do you right, know what okay. I mean? Like I mean, if I wasn't in DYT, I would have been, you know, hanging around in the Jervis or yeah. the like. Mm. <laughs> that would have been hanging around at home <laughs> by myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, when we spoke to Philly McMahon, uh, he spoke about some of the people who were there, mm. uh, some of the older crowd who were there uh, at the time, um, people like Pat Kinnaman and stuff, mm. you know, who would have had a, a big influence. Who were the people that would have been influential for you guys? Oh, very good. Philly McMahon? Hugely. Really? Yeah. yeah. He be, everyone knew, we knew Philly Mac. <laughs> He was when he was very good friends with general manager at the time as well. So mm. he, I think he'd be probably one of those ones who got phone calls in. Will you cover the workshop quick? I've no one or someone mm. can't. Yeah. So Philly Mac was always there. Um, other people like that. Oh God, who are they all? Um, well, there's Philly, there's Ger- Georgina, McKevitt, just into Sheeran. Alan King would have been around Alan quite King. a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Neil Watkins, big yeah. influence. Neil Watkins used to do the, there's a ceremonial moment in DYT where as a first year you go in for the first 10 weeks and then at the end of those 10 weeks you do a mix-in workshop with the second years. Oh, right, okay. Who are all, the, and uh, just like everyone who's been there any longer than one year is a second year. So like okay. someone who's been there 10 years is still a second year. Okay. Although that's not possible to be there 10 years, but anyway. Um, so like he used, he used to do the big ceremonial workshop where they'd mix in the two groups. Yeah. And um, he'd just do amazing things, like play an orchestra singing Radiohead's Creep <laughs> and make us all lie down on each other's bellies and talk to us about life and art and how amazing everything is and all. Yeah. Um, and he Neil was, was real pushing it, like in terms of yeah. like what lots of people do, facilitation, they become, people often are nervous to work with young people because mm. they're worried about what they can say and what they can't, whereas Neil was really bold with it. And yeah. Like he'd be like, now walk in the room and touch someone on the shoulder. Mm. Now let's all touch, slap someone else's bum. And he'd be like, oh, you <laughs> have all this, like he'd really push it and we'd yeah. be lying on each other and like, pushing boundaries of closeness and mm. how much you give of yourself and everything like that but you didn't notice it, it was always seamless mm. you were always like yeah fine I'll go with it and it was always real like like the people that we did workshops with like really we did workshops with amazing people yeah. um, like we had Annie Ryan um, we had uh, Jason Byrne did one with us and they're the ones that kind of stick out in your head like you remember mm. you know those ones Steve Roycroft Delion Steve Roycroft that you really remember do you know yeah. what I mean and presumably for you that's a window into the business profession you're going these are the guys oh, yeah, who are absolutely. out there week mm. in week out doing it they're the people yeah. I'm going to pay my money to go and see yeah yeah totally yeah and, so I, and they treat you like there's, there's something about the ethos of it that people kind of pick up along the way when they come in to facilitate is that they treat the young people professionally do you know what I mean so, so there's no kind of well there's there's a certain amount of obviously care you know yeah, consideration that they're young people but there, there's it's very much like we are here to work on this particular aspect of theatre making that's what we're all going to do in these two hours together and we're all going to treat it seriously and respect that this mm. is what we're doing so really Cathy Belton said the same thing last week she did a uh, national youth theatre production of The Crucible which mm. Ben Barnes was directing mm. Um, and said the same thing that from day one they went in they weren't treated as little kids coming no. in to do a school yeah. play it was that it was a, a, on a level it's really important to have it like that and what was re- what was really important about that is that the way they treat you properly uh, and as a professional is because we then learned that we never were afraid of anybody then mm. yeah. so we never had a thing we don't like people they're putting people on pedestals or wondering oh my god did you see who's in the audience we never had those kind of things because mm. yeah. we felt like we that they should be in our audience and mm. see our work you know mm. what I mean so we never we never ha- were kind of intimidated by anybody mm. like those things were gone n- never existed for yeah. us yeah. we had a huge respect for all those people yeah. but it was a respect that was completely born out of respecting them as artists and it was never it never kind of it never manifested itself in any kind of like nerves or being intimidated. Yeah. That respect never intimidated us. Do you know what I mean? It's a really interesting because for me, my whole experience of youth drama, if you want to call it that, was it was like you guys in the gaiety. I did a bit kind of at 11, 12, 13, mm. yeah. and then came back doing 14, 15, 16, up with Betty Ann Norton. Mm. And that it seems to have been a very different beast to what DYT does. Mm. And in terms of the amount of people that DYT has kind of shaped and, and mm. helped into the business. And it seems that that 
connection with professional people coming in mm. and like you say the, the way they worked with you guys and treated mm. you guys seems to have been did it make the business seem more welcoming then right because I know a lot of people mm. when they talk about it saying I, I always wanted to be an actor but I never knew how you could possibly get, get into, into it, it you mm. know whereas this seems to have been more welcoming maybe I think for me and you might have a different answer for the shame but for me I kind of felt like I was already in the business, if that Brilliant. makes sense. Like That's I, I totally wasn't, but I felt like I was. Do you know what I mean? Because the work was on in projects. Yeah. The do you know that kind of way? It kind of felt like I was ar- I was already some some way to be in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was yeah. Yeah, I, think I felt like I could. Sorry, I felt like. No, you're, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt like I could. I felt like when we were making. Our, our work in DYT that it was like my first like that when I started thinking about it like this is me being a theatre maker then it was me being a theatre maker I didn't have to do anything I, the context didn't have to change does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense yeah yeah Sorry. yeah I know I, I would I would really agree with that like you do you, you definitely have a place in it like DYT is, is a, like one of the oldest companies mm. like if you look at it not as a youth organisation as well it's one of the oldest theatre companies there is and it, that we have and Maybe like it is yeah 1977. Yes, in 77, so it's before loads of them. Mm. So like it, it was a thing. It was established, and everybody knew what mm. DYT was. There's a, like it has that shorthand around. You can say DYT, mm. and everyone knows what it is. Mm. Um, so it did feel like that. Like I have those shows on my CV, and I would, and I'm glad to have them there. And I wouldn't mm. think like oh, I wouldn't put my like some people would have be a bit worried about that. Mm. But I'm like no, they're great shows, and that was good work. Mm. So as you're working through your time there, how long did you guys spend there together? couple of years three years together yeah and through that time at what point did it become clear that yourselves and Diren were kindred spirits to some extent or that you thought you might like to work together or do you remember how that started to come about hmm. I, well you and Diren were already friends when I came in yeah I made a mission in my life to be friends with Diren <laughs> That was your ambition. <laughs> like, that was my next ambition when I got in there. <laughs> was I saw her and I went, I want to make that girl into my friend. <laughs> um, that took a while, but then it did happen. Um, and then the three of us, I suppose there was a group of people that were already kind of friends that I kind of started to become friends with then that Dear and Shane were already part of. Yeah. And then um, it kind of came out of a show we did called This Is Still Life. You correct me if this is any this is wrong. Um, it came out of a show we did called This Is Still Life where uh, Broken Talkers worked with us for about a year devising wow. a piece that was the 30th anniversary celebration piece for DYT so we, we were together that group of people were together like once a week for the whole kind of year you know yeah. so kind and of then a full rehearsals and everything on a residential weekend and yeah. a full tail rehearsal intensive rehearsal in the summer then mm. yeah the whole and we kind of hung around together afterwards and stuff and um, and also there was something really interesting happening with the work because the work they were doing was really provocative so we were all reacting to it in our own ways in the the group there was a cast of about 30 do I think that is that wrong there was 18 17 17 30 why do I think that so um you know some people hated it some people loved it some people were less sure about it whatever and it all reacted in different ways me and Zirin were in a little subgroup of the show together um which and Gary and Faye kind of gave us uh, a bit of leeway to kind of invent things and come up with things and come into them and show them ideas and stuff and we had all these mad ideas that they didn't actually use but anyway at this stage are you guys all Performers, performers, only. yeah, performers, all okay. performers, and all. I only wanted to be a performer at that stage. Darren really. had directed before. Darren had directed. Yeah. Oh, had she? She didn't want Man Alone. Yeah, man alone. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, then, out of that kind of, uh, kind of, I think where we kind of the three of us started to become a little unit was our reaction to the work that we were making. So when we'd go down and like, also we all smoked, so that was kind of part <laughs> of it. So we'd go down for smoke and we'd be like, I really love what's happening upstairs. Or, you know, I'm really confused about it or whatever. But it's kind of how we talked about it together. Mm. That it started to kind of go click, click, click. You know, like I get these, these people get me and I get them. And is that right? Yeah, I think so. And then, so that was also a huge thing of where the work, what we viewed theatre as changed a lot mm. during that as well yeah so we'd learned like the previous show we'd, we had done in DYT was um, uh, The Cripple of Inish Man okay and mm. then suddenly we were doing like a few months later we'd started work on this contemporary mm. all the things like self-aware and all these new was, things and using yeah. our own names and, and all those things and it was all being introduced to us kind of slowly in yeah. that process it was interesting actually just from the relationship point of view, Darren and Shane were much more into that or much more au fait with that than I was because you were being 
coming to see shows and projects and Willie White directed your first year one act. Yeah. Um, whereas I was kind of at the beginning of a kind of like, what are they doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why, why is this not a traditional play? Yeah, but just kind of like, yeah, it wasn't even about tradition. It was more just like, what? <laughs> How does any of this make any sense? <laughs> and then like, we didn't know it was really like it was a contemporary thing when we started. No, we, we didn't we have a clue. A we didn't know if anyone no else idea. did it. We yeah. didn't know what was. We didn't know as part of a huge tradition. We didn't have a clue what was going on. Okay. Um, we just thought it was going to be a play, yeah. and it'd be like about the young people themselves and stuff. <laughs> and the performer as an individual were like, "All right, so using our own stories, cool." We had no idea that yeah. it was going to be this other thing. Yeah. And Which I is think funny. I think kind of a bit like Darren and Shane kind of explained it to me in places as well do you okay. know what kind of way and chill out <laughs> yeah and you learned about kind of like going just go with it and just, just go with it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah just do it, it you'll learn you'll learn something at the end of it you know what I mean yeah. then so, it became a brilliant thing and so mm. at yeah. that point then as you were coming to the end of your time with DYT mm. do you, are, like, are you unceremoniously thrown out once you hit 18 or something like no. that or how does that work it says 18 to or 14 to 22 but you could, people just stay as well so you can right. stay as long as you want but we didn't stay mm. that long we did show when, but we were all kind of edging to the kind of, after that show, we all started becoming really productive and making loads of shows of our, our, our own accord in the context of DYT. Okay. And then Willie White, who was a history director at the time, picked up on that, that there was a real interest and a hunger within the membership to make work in this style. Okay. Um, and so he put a, a, him and he put a project to Wolfgang Hoffman, who was running The Fringe at the time, to do um, a DYT show in The Fringe. Wasn't that Maria's idea? I think that was Maria Schreck's idea. It probably could have been Maria's idea. Let's just it? credit was we're unsure. We were un- we are now anybody. at this point unsure whether it was Maria Schreff's idea or, or Willie White's, White's idea. idea. It could have actually been Philly's idea as well. Maybe I remember Philly and Willie had idea. some kind of conversation. Anyway, but an idea was had. An idea was had um, to do it, and that project became We're Not Real, and it was a big part of it that the membership would write, direct, and produce and do everything that was to do with the um, with the fe- with with the this project, which was an updated version of another thing, the Members One Act Festival that still happens in yes. DYT. Um, and myself, Darren and Shane all directed a piece in it along with another person called Sean Kennedy, um, who now does all our graphic design. Okay. Mm. Um, it was four four fifteen minute pieces mm. that went on. DYT is like a big three story house, so they went on we each had a different space in the house and they gave us the theme of reality and we were then just we just wrote everything else was just over to us mm-hmm. then and we could do what we like um within that so we made these pieces that originally we worked quite separately and mm. then we learned we were kind of said let's all sit together and we developed a, a meeting <laughs> called martin because we had our first meeting together on um the boardwalk and we spoke to this man called martin who was like drunk and asking us for things and money and things so we hung up for us we called these meetings martin's directors meetings are called martin's yeah. very nice that's stayed with us to now so if me and darren are directing that, something have a quick martin. it's a martin yeah okay um, so when we so then we started working kind of together mm. and helping each other with the show. So everybody would sit and you'd go, okay, like like kind of a production meeting. Kind yeah, of. you'd sit down and go, meeting. yeah, an art production meeting. So mm. you'd sit down and go, Grace, how are you getting on? You're like, well, I'm doing this. I'm not. I'm not sure how to get them to do this. And then we talk about it and mm. offer each other solutions. And we did things like swap shows for it, uh, an hour and stuff yeah, like I'd that. Yeah, I'd go into Shane's show and direct it, and he'd go into my show and direct <laughs> it. And That's amazing. We did little it. things like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then th- out of that, I think, is why we started Theatre Club. Like the okay. three, me, Darren and Shane kind of felt like having done the show on the Fringe and been part of the Fringe, that we wanted to have a company. Really. Yeah, and it was, being right? in, it was being in the community in a different way. It was being there and like having people come up to us in the, the Spiegel tent, which was up at the mm. um, Ivy Gardens then, and ever having people coming over and going, going, I saw your show, guys, it was great, well mm. done. And we were excited that people, people were like, that was happening for us. And um, yeah, it was just, I think it was just being in the community in a different way. Mm. Like we felt like we were like, oh, we felt a bit grown up about it. and mm. Not that we didn't feel grown up already, but I think we just finally felt much more confident with just ourselves. Just cemented then. our intention cemented that was what it, we wanted yeah. to do. Like we kind of, we'd been edging around it for a while and then we were just like, no, let's do this. Like, mm. okay. um, and then we had a meeting about it. Um, or a Martin. A Martin. <laughs> <laughs> in November of that year. So like just after the Fringe. And this is 2008. Eight. Okay. Um, and we, myself and Darren had had a joke. Is this right? There was a joke we had. Yeah. Club was a joke about everything. So if you, I don't know, we're in. If you had a club, if you had, if you had a Sun, you'd be in Capri Sun Club. We both had a Capri Sun. Yeah, that was. It. <laughs> <laughs> it came from a joke of me and Darren had about having scarves. Scarf, scarf club. club. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bike club. Not a lot of things. I have an idea club. where this may be going. Go yeah. on. <laughs> and then we were like, let's be in a theatre club together. Let's call it theatre, and then like maybe the, oh like me and Darren had another thing like let's go to Berlin and go and see shows. That's called theatre club. That was mm. one of the things, and okay. then then it was like let's call it theatre club, and it was really we were really nervous about it. 
as a start. Um, we also used to have a joke tagline for Theatre Club. What was the joke tagline? <laughs> we used to have a joke called Theatre Club, because theatre is for everyone, <laughs> not for some people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what it meant, but... It was to do with just... No, it was an, it's an extension of another joke. Yeah. A lot of it's to do with jokes. Yeah. Um, the name Theatre Club was really weird, because we liked it. We loved it, And yeah. then everybody was like, you can't call it Theatre Club. Yeah, so, yeah, then you can't do that. You're not allowed. There was a big, it's a like lot it of It sounds very fun. It sounds very playful. Or, doesn't it? Noises like that. People think you are a club. Ooh, and ooh, they'll ooh. think that they can Philip join McMahon the club. Philip McMahon liked it. Philip McMahon. He's a very smart man. He's a very smart man. With exceptional taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, soon after that, then, we met up with people. We, we just started going to meet people that we already knew. So we met Rasha and we met Willie and told them that we wanted to do this. We took Willie for Chinese. We took Willie for a Chinese meal. <laughs> now, at what age were you guys at this stage? Uh, I was 19. I had just turned 20. Right, okay. Mm. I'm the oldest. And at this point... Jerry was 18, maybe. And at this point, in your heads, are you going, well, we're all still performers, we want to be, you know, Um, on the Abbey stage or win an Oscars or whatever, or had it evolved at that stage? In the interim, the process of doing This Is Still Life, not in a bad way, but in a different way, made me not want to be an actor. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't want to do that thing. I was much more interested in what the lads were doing than what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) So, I kind of knew I wanted to be a maker of things. Um, uh, So, that kind of had started to happen. So, I started to kind of write things and kind of, um, we'd all made a couple of shows. We'd all it? made. Yeah. It. I'd written a show that was directed by somebody else in DYT, and I'd also directed and devised some pieces in DYT. Um, Darren had been directing, devising, um, designing as well in DYT. Um, so yeah, so we the the mixed bag was already happening at okay. that stage. Yeah. Because in my head, mm. Grace, you are writer stroke director. Shane, you're primarily performer, but also writer, stroke maker yeah. when it comes to it. Yeah. And Dieran is primarily designer and director. Is that mm. right? Do you like yeah. those labels or um, is that grossly offensive? I'd make a few little alterations to that. Yeah. I'd say Dieran performs as well. Yeah. So, and then also you've produced things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget yeah. about that. I, pr- I produce things a lot. Yeah. So I'd say director, producer. Okay. But I don't even I don't I wouldn't see myself as a as a writer necessarily. I'd see myself as more of like a maker of things. Like I don't sit down and write text in the way that writers do. Yes. If that makes sense. Well then, okay, let's get into the first theatre mm-hmm. club show then, yeah. which was rough. Mm. Which you did you go and sit down like a traditional writer at a keyboard and, mm. and write rough? No, well, kind of. No, not really. What happened was I did workshops with people. I had written a. It often starts like I, I write some texts, okay. and then I think, okay, what is that? What's that about, or whatever? Um, and like rough was written on the back of receipts from Meteor where I was working at the time. Okay. And then I wrote into a bit of text, and then did a bit of it in Project Brand New, um, and then I do do workshops on it with the guys. And like you did a what was the, you did a workshop on it? Like so we pick someone else to facilitate the workshop for the idea, kind yeah. of. And like so Shane did a workshop on it where he had like flip share paper and we kind of went off on like what are all the different themes and bits about this and what's what the point of it, it and what yeah, do we want from it and all that kind of stuff and then out of that I'd go away and write it down now it wasn't improvised like none of the it wasn't it what this text didn't come from improvisation which a lot of it did then later in the work that we make yes. now but um it was that certainly the ideas came from a, a, a shared workspace yeah sorry yeah you went. You used to change all the time. Mm. You'd have to change it by the way what the performers were doing. Yeah. You'd change it and all like not. I don't know. But yeah. then is is rough the closest to the traditional writer's model of being Brian Friel at a typewriter? You, you can know, read rough. Pipe or something. You could read that. Yeah. You couldn't really read anything else. Okay. Yeah. You could and read group therapy. Maybe. Just hasn't got me though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, yeah, yeah. I yeah. suppose you can read group therapy a bit. Yeah. The second version you can. Okay, so now here's the question I have. I heard a rumour oh. that early on there was a piece of paper on which was written, I think, rough, <coughs> heroin, <coughs> family, group therapy, yeah. that, like a list of what have now become your first seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten shows yeah. that, you, that you knew of them before you'd made anything, before you'd even mm. made rough. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Well, not, not quite as directly as that. Like, it's not quite as in... No, it is. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the factual it's reference. Not in, no. It's not as in then the eighth show will be called The Family and that will be... No, no, like no. It wasn't, it's not like They're that. Not, we didn't have a chronological order of yeah. when we were going to do what. The Abbey were doing a project uh, around... Willie was doing it as part of the... Chlora Leadership the Fellowship. Chlora Leadership Fellowship. Leadership. 
Jerome Hines, I think. And uh, <laughs> he was on the convent in the Abbey. And he was doing this, working on this idea of the Abbey having the Abbey studio. Yes. Uh, and um, so we got, we, he gave us some space in that early on. And that's when we just kind of had a weekend of, was it a, a, week, week? a week? A week of just. That was our first professional engagement yeah. on any level. Was wow. doing a week in the Abbey studio. It's <laughs> kind of exciting. It's a little bit exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Cool. And uh, so we did different things. We each took, we divided up how the days would be run and who would be in charge of which mm. part of the day and then so we had one exercise was write down every show at the moment any any little a tiny idea of a show you might have yeah. and write them down so there were some things on it that were mad things like mm. I had this idea of wanting to make a show uh, where somebody goes on a journey and they, they you know they go like um, Dirty Harry on the phones like they do that and then they end up at Don't a billboard of them. oh god yeah I shouldn't tell it in case we do it in the future so I didn't have an idea like that no at all. ideas <laughs> um, so but on that list let's think on that list was like so Ruff was on it because we already kind of had ideas about yeah. Ruff Clock Radio was not on it no um, but the recession wasn't a thing the recession wasn't a thing um, it was but not the same way. 2010 was on it yeah. okay heroin was on it right um, and was the family on it in some regard Think, yeah, things like that. Um, like in terms of some of them are, like, are different. So in terms of like group therapy and things, it would have mm. been that I had written down I wanted things about um, young men, young men, yeah. or or in manhood or themes are on. Yeah, themes are all on. Mm. So then even things like you were like, I want to make sure about um, Michael Collins and and those oh kind of things. Oh my god! Yeah. Whereas oh my god! Just realised history's on it. Yeah. So they were kind of that's that, a new show. Yes, history is, is not coming till next year. Coming soon, history. Twenty thirteen. So there were things like that. Twenty twelve. Maybe. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. 2013. Okay. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2013. Don't run ahead, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so t- lo- lots of trials were honest. But I love the idea that the seed mm. of all these shows was there c- almost from day one. Yeah, and every time you didn't know what to do next, you just refer back to that. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, okay, we've mentioned Willie Voith a couple of times. You guys mm. are also part of Project Catalyst. Yep. How important has Willie been... Well, in, shape, in shaping you guys and getting you guys to where you are, but also just in shaping an entire generation of young Dublin theatre makers over the last while. Are you thinking in terms of, when you say the young generation, do you mean in term, the ones who are catalysts? Yeah, I do. Well, then, they're two different questions then. Okay. Like one <laughs> of them is, in terms of what Willie has done, how Willie has helped to shape us. I don't know if it's shape us. I think Willie, Willie has Frisk. to... What? Frisk us. Frisk us and like... Like push us sometimes <laughs> physically with his hands. Willie has this um, uncanny ability to be able to. You go. I have a really nice idea, and I really think it's great. And Willie's able to go. That's a bad idea because this isn't. This. He doesn't say this, mm. but yeah. he's like, okay, what are you doing? Let's. Work. He helps you see everything that you're doing wrong and everything mm. that you think too much. So Willie was always able to do to do that and tell us, give us kind of reality checks mm. on things. Yeah. All the times. But, but, but sometimes that we'd ignore it as well. It's not like we always go, okay, that's fine, Willie. Well, sometimes Willie, we get annoyed at him because we go, we can so do that, Willie. Yeah. We go off and do it, and he's like, fair enough. Mm. For like example of both would be like when we said to him we wanted to do two shows in the fringe. He said, I don't think you should do a show in the Fringe and they're certainly not the next year and I think you should probably just try and do something in the international bar on a low scale, small scale. That's mm. what he said when we said we wanted to do shows in the Fringe. When we said we wanted to do a festival of new work and projects, he said, of course you can do that. <laughs> Go with it, run with it. Someone has to do it. It might as well yeah. be you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because the whole, the, the Project Catalyst thing to me, it, it, I know relatively little about it and that it's, oh. it seems to me to be a separate thing to something like the Rough Magic Seeds program where mm. people come and apply and you whatever else mm. it seems that yeah. there's an element of really seeing a, a spark of something in someone and mm. almost anointing them of right you come in and we will share resources with you we'll help you along the way yeah is there an element of that to it yeah it kind of it does develop kind of organically within like it's I suppose it's people that project are, are drawn to but are also that um that uh that they're drawn to projects as well. Do right, you know what okay. I mean? Um, so I think it kind of comes out of a, a natural thing of like we were, when we were um, made part of the Catalyst Initiative, we were always in the building. Do you know what I mean? We were, yeah. we were kind of around already and Willie had had a, a big hand artistically in everything that we'd been doing up until that point okay. through DYT or whatever. And, and we joked about the foyer being our office. Like that's what we used yeah, to say. Yeah, and then they made it into an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, take that out. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, no, so I think it kind of happened organically and then it kind of, it kind of, they saw that we needed a structure like that, do you know yeah. what I mean? So there would be other companies and individual artists who might have the same kind of artistic relationship with Willie or with Project or whatever, who um, don't need that structure in the same way, so it wouldn't be offered to them, does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Um, 
do you know like because yeah. it's it's a yeah it's a, it's an it's a it's a project offer many different types of supports to artists and this is just a particular kind they're all they're all equ- of equal merit yeah, if that so makes it's sense. not like the, it's not like that when you're part of project catalyst you get in you get to share resources and things and, and space and get chats with the artist mm. director you get to go into it's, the basement like, it's everything there like is no you, basement. there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole it's everybody in project is is behind project catalyst so anybody who works in in project art center it cares a lot about the Catalyst program and do whatever they mm. can for the Catalyst, all like within reason. But yeah. like, <laughs> they won't like do mad things for you. But mm. they try; they'll try and do anything for you. So it's not—it's the same thing whether it's yeah. whether it's help with marketing, whether it's help with budgeting, whether it's yeah. help with actually going. I don't know how to make this show. I want to bang my head against the wall. It's all of those things. Yeah. So Catalyst. you mentioned the mini festival, which was that the first thing you guys did after Rough? Yeah. So you've made one show at this stage. Was on in the fringe oh, sorry, Group Therapy was well. Yes, okay. <laughs> we did two. So you did two shows in your first ever Fringe, which yes. again is a kind of symptomatic of the ridiculous ambition you guys have. Yeah, which Manic is Ambition, amazing. it's called. Manic, Manic ambition. ambition. It has a name. Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll stick with that then. So you've done two shows in your first ever Fringe, mm-hmm. no pressure, hmm. uh, and then you decide, okay, instantly what we should do next is to curate our own festival of New Worker yeah. Project. It kind of came out of a conversation that I had had with Willie. Dylan Haskins had been invited in to do a week of kind of talks and discussions in the Cube, and we met all these amazing young people out of that, um, and we kind of started to think about um, wanting to find people who were interested in the same things as us, in the same kind of age group yeah, as us. Yeah, because it felt bizarre that we suddenly, we were sitting listening to these guys talking and talking mm. about things and having the same passion as we had, and we're like, where the hell were you? Like, how yeah. come we didn't know who you were already? Mm. Okay. So we, we said, well, there must be, there has to be more, so let's find all the people who think mm. about theatre the way we think about theatre. Like, these guys are visual artists and different musicians and things. Yeah. But we were like, how, there must be other people like that about mm. theatre. Yeah. And then out of that, I, I was talking to Willie about it, probably just around the building. And he was like, did you like that change thing? How did you like it? I was like, yeah, I did. I really think this about, we, we were all talking about it, that we should we should be able to meet people who are who are interested in the same things about theatre. Can we do it in that way? And that, that group of people in the cultural landscape or whatever seemed to be much more organised than the theatre side of things. Do you know what I mean? Um, so out of that then, we came up with this idea to make a kind of a theatre makers collective Yes. Um, in project and it didn't nec- it wasn't about being young or being old or anything it was just about a collective of artists that could share equipment and share and you know peer a peer resource sharing network mm. or whatever yeah. it was the idea of it and that then became um the theater machine turns you on okay um, yeah which was three nights it was f- it was five nights, five nights of um a festival with three shows a night yeah. um and there was 10 shows in total Ten different companies, and um, we kind of did a lot of things where we we would we had parties and stuff, so people would meet each other and stuff okay. like that as well. Um, and the tickets were all five euro, um, and we it's it sold out. It was amazing. It seems to me that you guys, and I don't know whether it's about the way you, the experience you gained in the DYT years, mm. but it seems that you hit the deck running at a level that many other big mm. successful companies would take five or six or seven or, or eight years mm. to get there. I mean, the idea that, you know, within a few months of producing your first couple of shows, you're going, mm. well, let's have this curated festival where we're looking to share the resources and the, mm. and oh. the expertise we have. It, it seems, again, it's that manic ambition. I'd, it I'd seems pick it up on, it wasn't that we wanted to share any kind of expertise at that point because okay. we we wanted people who were on the same level as us we wanted to find people to learn together with yeah. okay. if that makes sense yeah so we 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 weren't in any way feeling that we were established or we were going to facilitate anything in that way okay we were going to we, we were we were looking for people on the same level as us if that makes sense yeah. and it was just it's it's carried on to be the same like it's very important to us that we that they're that we're all kind of doing the same thing if that makes yeah. sense yeah okay mm. um Talk to me then about bridging the gap between young, fresh, upstart, hungry, mm. and with the amount of success that has come your way so far, not drifting in towards the mainstream, but like you're now getting Arts Council support for things and, and, mm. and stuff. Like, What changes does that make to the way you make the work or, or how you handle it? Or does it just buy you more freedom or time mm. or, or what? Um, little small things like say like rehearsal space was always a huge problem for yeah. us uh, before so like we rehearsed clock radio which we did in, in the first installment of the festival like across the road in what was Von Johnson's wine shop was, right. was our rehearsal space for a while and is now a kebab shop um, classy <laughs> um, so like 
that's just an example of like the places that we kind of rehearsed and stuff. And um, there was or a community center with sewage problem. Yeah, we rehearsed in a community center off. Yeah, yeah. Or in off. my house. Or in Shane's house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now that's never an issue. It's just like let's get the space booked, yeah. lab or whatever. Um, and so stuff like that is a huge help to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, then it, I suppose, stuff like even yesterday, um during the get in for the family me and emma were just watching everyone work and there was about 15 20 people upstairs doing different things running around or whatever and um, and we were like the get in crew used to be emma and Darren. right <laughs> um, yeah. emma is our costume designer it used to be emma and Darren doing everything yeah so that really changes the scale of, of what you have the headspace and the time to do mm. um and then uh, the most important part of it, though, for, for me, is that you have, you're able to pay people for the amazing work that they do um, and have a, a living wage. And yeah. um, I find that really brilliant. It's, it, it, is, it, is, it is great to look around at that and see the people that... They're, they're the artists that we're working with and mm. in our ensemble and things like that. But they're also like our friends, so it's mm. brilliant to be able to be able... That we can mm. all do this together in that it does take a certain layer of... Mm. Like it's also causing pain <laughs> that you don't you don't have to worry about things like oh I have I have a shift somewhere people aren't working at the time yeah, I, haven't, yeah, yeah. I haven't got and other everyone's jobs able and to focus on everyone's the work. able to focus yeah. and everyone can just have a much more relaxed atmosphere mm. to work so they don't have to run off and work behind a bar and things like that as well in the evening so it's mm. kind of and given that you have that sense of ensemble that you work with a, a fairly consistent team of performers and designers and mm. and, and mm. whatever else is it nice to have, have some kind of sense of payback for them who probably they were there slogging it up with you guys in the early days working yeah, for nothing when totally. you were all working for nothing yeah yeah yeah, that yeah. a bit of payback for them now yeah well this is brian bennett's first paid theater club gig is it which is insane yeah oh god the family oh, brian bennett. Well, he's been here since the very beginning so that's really nice right we have to yeah. discuss brian bennett because he's come up <laughs> I, I i maintain that 20 years from now when the book is written about uh <laughs> irish theater you know 2010 to, to 2020 that he would be in every single picture in the book because yeah. he just works on everything. But I'm how okay in in the heads of many people around mm. the business, the two biggest, brightest, most exciting young companies in inverted commas are you guys and the company. Mm. And Bennett straddles both. Which company? The, the company. company. Which company? Shut up. <laughs> um, and Bennett straddles both. How is that? How is it to work with them? How does he manage to walk? He really the likes being. In, he likes theatre club better, and he wants to leave the. Company. He said he calls theatre club his. Uh, he calls Grace when Grace is tracking and calls me her mistress. <laughs> and then <laughs> Irene Hashim is his wife. I think Jose is his wife. Yeah, but he. Irene's <laughs> a woman. Irene's a woman. Do you woman, understand? Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> no, it is Irene's wife. Brian is a really important thing actually because Brian was like. Like in terms of like, for me, yeah, the first non DIY. No, A beam was before that. Oh, A beam was before that. Yeah. But Brian came in and Brian was like, had this. It was it was different. It was different with A because it was A beam's first gig. In the world, so it felt like she was starting off with us. We were all doing together. Yeah. Whereas Bennett had been around. He'd been in Randolph SD. He'd been in the Abbey, and he'd done lots of different things. Um, and like that. He knew how tech worked. He knew tech. He knew lots of things. So it was like for me, I learned like. I'm going to say shitloads now, I've said anyway. I learned shitloads off Brian Bennett. You can Bennett. say what you want on this podcast. Oh, fuck, great. Um, <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gone. No, I learned loads off Brian Bennett just from watching him and, and learning about his... Like, I mean, there's lots you learn in, in DYT, but there's certain things that you don't pick up, like, you don't... Like, just your general... Just professionalism. the general professionalism, yeah. There's mm. certain certain things, just little bits you miss out on, whether it's little things like, actually, you should need to do, need to do it warm properly, warm up properly, and things like that, or the way you speak like this. Um, <laughs> but those kind of things, and, like, loads of those things. And it was also kind of cool, for, felt cool for us that we had somebody who'd been around already, mm. and then he was like, yeah, I'll go with you, I'll take this little journey and make mm. this show in a wine shop with you. Like, yeah. That was really... Amazing. Yeah, it felt really important or mm. something. So Brian Bennett will of oh, course be Brian's appearing. Hear this now. It's okay. He will Brian, be, I love you. <laughs> he will be appearing in uh, the, the next show, the family. Yeah. Tell us all about that. Um, okay. In as much as you're allowed, it it's been around for a while, has it? Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. So we we presented it last year as part of the second installment of the Theatre Machine Turns You On, Volume Two. Um, and the idea for it kind of came from for me anyway. It kind of came from the work that we were doing on heroin um, and kind of a lot of the research that we were doing that, that around heroin and the different things that were coming up that I just started to become really interested in 
family dynamics but also how the family as in as an idea has um taken over has how it has influenced irish society um so that was kind of the starting point for it kind of academically i suppose and then there was another thing that came about from doing the clubhouse which was just like how um amazing the team all work together when it's people who've worked together before and and how to kind of hone that and kind of keep that and we started to kind of make made a kind of conscious effort that we wanted to have kind of an ensemble of the same actors that would reappear in different mm. shows um it was also it was i'd been trying to work with jerry kelly for a while um because he was initially going to be along with connor madden was initially going to be in heroin and then that didn't work out um and then it was and then and also louise lewis was someone that we were interested in working with as well because she'd been i'd, I'd assisted on a few things that she was in um and it was kind of a way of i was like oh my god putting all these people together would be amazing like yeah. and, and like mm. how cool would that be um and then also like Gemma, who we'd we'd all worked with in dyt Gemma collins who's in the family as well um and yeah that was kind of like it was like how cool would it be to put all those actors in the room together and then this will be the 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 thing we'll yeah, make the together. Came together yeah. Yeah. But it's the thing of so if the show itself is an exploration of the family mm. in general, you've taken your little family to Yeah, we birthed our family with. with. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what can people expect from the show? You don't give anything away? Yeah, I'll tell you what to expect now. It's fifty percent happy. Right. And fifty percent sad. Okay. So you'll be happy fifty percent of the time. Enjoyable. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent enjoyable. So you'll be happy for fifty percent of the time, sad fifty percent of the time. You'll enjoy the whole thing. Okay. Actually, it's about sixty-one percent happy. Okay. Because yeah. there's a bit at the end that's happy. <laughs> well, that's okay. No, at the, at the moment that's important. Um, Is there any truth in the rumor that you guys have a special, exclusive Rise Productions Irish Theatre podcast announcement to make in relation to the show, The Family? Yes, there is. Let it out there. Let it out on the airwaves. Um, calling all actors. Calling. You, you do some kind of thing like that. Um, uh, I don't know. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Theatre club announce. New uh, workshops. Workshop program. For actors. <laughs> okay, so we That's are going really to do... That was nice. We're going to do um, workshops for actors during the run of the family um, in project, in the on the set. Okay. Um, for three days. And it's kind of... We've been wanting to do something like this for a while and because we think that with, with the work over the last few years, particularly with the work like Clock Radio and Heroin and the family, um, that we've developed a kind of a style of improvising and of, of performance making. Um that we want to um we, we'd like to share with people and see see what people make take from it and also the guys a lot of the guys that uh, we work with would say that they're able to kind of take the the kind of principles of what they learn of what of what the kind of, of how we work together and apply them to other situations so i just think it'd be interesting to see if people think so mm. And so how do people get to come and work on these workshops with you? Do we send an email to... Well, they'll hear about it for the very first time here. Excellent. And then um, they can check our Facebook or our Project Art Centre's Facebook and there'll be more information about how Probably to apply. Probably if you go to our Facebook now, even though this even, is in the future. Oh my God, yeah, because actually go right now. If you're on the internet, type it in right now and then it'll probably be there. Excellent. That's cool. Um, and that'll be over three days. Is that going to be three one-off days, or over the course of three days you get to yeah, work with people? Yeah, so everyone stays for three days. Yeah, brilliant. So the same group for three days. That's yeah, really and exciting. Shane will be in them as well. I'll be in one. He'll be in one. And I we, love it. we can see him too. So <laughs> looking forward to the future. Mm. What do you guys want? Do you, as theatre maker, director, writer, want to be artistic director of the Abbey? Or do you want to have turn theatre club into the next Rough Magic or Druid? Or mm. Shane, do you want to, as a performer, shag off to Hollywood and win Oscars? Or all of the above? We want the Abbey Theatre, Angus, for ourselves. <laughs> and we won't stop until we get it. We want all of the jobs. We want the whole thing. All <laughs> no. the, even the seats. Even the seats. <laughs> even the bottles of coke. <laughs> Lots of those things we want. Mm. Everything we, we've always done, the way we've always put the way we approached it going to the next thing it's always just happened that the next thing is always bigger than the last one okay. yeah. it's kind of like accidentally at first but that's the way it's working out now so like the first year in Fringe we did two shows next year we did three the following we did kind of six, kind of did seven you know what I mean because <laughs> no there pressure. was a six because it was a six hour show broken up and everything like that um, so everything is getting bigger I think what we're interested now in is it, the way we work is different it's not it's mm. not going to be as fast anymore no I don't think the turnarounds of the, how quick the shows are made like no. we make clock radio in four weeks I don't think they'll ever happen again no don't like um, 
and I think that's what like we have plans of development there's two shows in development at the moment mm -hmm. and then like one of them beyond this year and one of them beyond the following year so it seems strange now for us at, in January 2012 to have plans for yeah things in 2013 but that's the way it, things it, are going that's the way it is yeah, yeah. And, and I think we're interested in looking like like you, what were you who are you talking to the day what you were saying about um it's no longer like the it's new kids on the block. No, no longer the new kids on the block here, B but like in terms of the rest of the world, we totally are. Oh we're yeah. So we're like yeah. Someone, was, some interview I was doing for this, where someone asked me like, "Are you still the new kids on the block?" And I was like, "Well, no, but like in terms of like Europe, yeah, and like America, no one even knows who we are. We have the to UK, conquer the globe. Even anywhere, even yeah. the UK, yeah. So it is. A, it, that is something that we're, we're definitely looking forward to being able yeah. to do. So I think the way we're kind of looking at it now, and it's kind of started seeping already that we've been kind of starting to work like this, is that we're going to develop the new shows while we tour the old shows. And um, not all shows, but the existing yes, shows. But touring domestically or internationally or both? Both. So it's kind of, we want to do, like, certainly as soon as the family is finished, we'll start putting plans in motion to take it around Dublin, okay. then to take it around Ireland, and then to take it abroad. Um, and that's kind of the plan with it. And then hopefully that those things can kind of happen in tandem, that while we're working on the new one, we can be, uh, we can be touring the existing ones. And also because um, it'll be all the same people. That yes. we can actually be doing those kind of work, that kind of work together. Do you know what I mean? And in terms of the scope of ambition, talking about that kind of international touring, do you guys want to be in the way that we would have forced entertainment or whatever mm. coming over here? That you guys want to be theatre club from Dublin are, are going around the world bringing their brand to theatre? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. It's categorical. Yes. Categorical. Um, and more than that as well, like we still uh, we haven't really talked about it much here, but we have from the beginning a big part of what we wanted to do was to. Um, make theatre more kind of open and accessible for, for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So whether that be, for anyone who wasn't already accessible to, whether that be a young person, a person from a different part of town or whatever, um, we wanted to open that up. So we're still kind of, the tour and the stuff around Dublin and the tour and the stuff, er, stuff nationally is all part of that kind of ethos of um, opening it up and making it more accessible. We want, it, we want the theatres to be packed out um, because we, we believe that it's a really important public forum, especially now. And so our work has become much more centred around a political public discussion. Hmm. Um, so because we we're, because we have the ability now to be able to find ways of getting it on the stages mm. in various places, we've kind of feel it as a responsibility now. Yeah. That was kind of like we have this. Let's not waste an opportunity and mm. get this. Let's talk about things nationally. Yeah. And that that we've like we've that's always been a big part of the work that we've done, and that's kind of like we've ended up in mad places through trying to get people who would never normally come to come. I mean, we've done workshops in like. Uh, day release centres for prisons. We've done workshops in. In fairness, we didn't know that was what that was. Yeah. <laughs> she, didn't. She, did. <laughs> she did not tell us. Anyway, <laughs> but like we've done like loads of stuff. Like whether th and that be like going talking to ta like we've sent poor Gemma Collins when she was interning with us for one of the shows was sent out to go and stand at the taxi rank on O'Connell Street for a full day telling taxi drivers that the show was on. I think that was heroin. We do that, or when heroin. Yeah. Was, when you guys were doing the get in for heroin in mm. in Ballymun, I did. Um, three workshops in Ballymun and then one in town, one after the other. Like yeah. got a cab from Ballymun to town to do it, yeah. and then back to Ballymun. That's just the way it always is like that. It's yeah. it's manic. Every part of it is manic like that, mm. and it's as important to us is is making in the making the shows. It's as important to try and make people come and see them, mm. not just this bums on seats thing. Like obviously that's important, obviously, but it's about mm. making sure that people who need to see the shows see the see, shows. It's kind of a concept we're kind kind of toying around with calling it designing the audience. Yeah. Um, as much as you deserve. so like the making of the work is as important to us as who will come and see it and why yeah and that's 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 you can see that thread through all our graphic design through all the kind of online promotion through every workshop program how the copy is worded tells you who it's for okay. and why do you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think that's generally i think that's actually important for theater as a thing yeah. to start well, doing I'm that just, just like come 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 why because uh, we want you to it has to be like because you will like this because of xyz yeah. and that was something we started with because it won't be like the plays you learned at school one of our uh, our slogans initially yeah. was come and see something different come because we want to meet you stuff like that but it is though i think it's hugely important it's one of the central things for rise productions mm. as well obviously you know that i'd be involved mm. in it's it's about that I think the, you know the notion of these grand, big artistic ideas are, are all well and good, but mm. without an audience to deliver them to, what's the point? Otherwise, yeah. it, otherwise I don't think the theatre exists. I don't. I genuinely yeah. don't think theatre exists without the audience there to, to yeah. witness it and to experience it and yeah. to interact with it. Yeah, it's not an audience or the audience. It's this audience and why is okay. the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, why am I looking at faces like this 
as opposed to like something else. Yeah. Like an audience for uh, one of Shane's solo shows would be very different to an audience for Heroin, for okay. example. Mm. And uh, we really started to feel that that was working for us in when we did Heroin in 2010 in the Fringe, when we started to see the mix the mix up of theatre practitioners alongside recovering drug users, alongside HSC workers, alongside and that w- and what's going on in that audience is actually as much a part of the performance as the performance itself. That those people sitting beside each other watching this thing, what that creates and generates. It's amazing, guys. It's ama- it, it, the, the level of awareness you guys have of what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you want to do it is just astonishing. We have lots of meetings about it. When we think about it all Martins. Day long. Yeah, <laughs> Martins. Martins. So, look, guys, um, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. If people want to stay in touch with you and find out what you guys are up to and come and see shows, you're on Facebook and Twitter. Where can they find you on Facebook? Uh, Theatre Clubbing. If you, if you search in Facebook, you search the uppercase theatre, lowercase club, all the one word. Just in general, you should probably always say uppercase theatre, lowercase club, it's always one word. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> search that, Facebook. but if you go to the URLs, th- facebook.com, for slash theatre clubbing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Twitter is theatre club, at theatre club. Yeah. And, and um, you can email oh, us if you like. You can email us also, theatreclubbing at gmail.com. We'll write back to you. We always write back. Um, we have a new website coming soon. We have a new website, yeah. Surprise. Actually, you might know. That might, oh my God, that might be out. It might be out <laughs> by the time you're on this. How about every day, just keep checking theatreclub.ie. Yeah. <laughs> one day that'll be <laughs> One day that'll be a website. One day it'll be up there. But also, I want people to look at our YouTube. Oh yeah, that's a good one. We have a really good YouTube channel that has mm-hmm. loads of videos on it that aren't necessarily ones that you'd come across. Okay. We have one where Shane pretends to be a cat. Oh, I've seen that one, I think. Oh, have you? Brilliant. Yeah, okay, have. so people I'm are looking at it. Your guys. Yeah. I'm a big fan Among of your guys. Among my best work, yeah. that video. That YouTube channel is gas. Check it out. We're great. <laughs> <laughs> That's guys. the quote they're going to use. Check it out. We're great. great Check stars. it out. We're great. Great stars. Let's leave it at that, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. I really appreciate it. That's been uh, absolutely brilliant, and I wish you continued success. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you have it, the brilliant Grace and Shane, uh, an amazing pair and a very inspirational pair and I was really delighted to get to have a chat with them, those guys are so clued in about what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it, I, I just think they're great, I can't speak highly enough of them and uh, and I think they're only going to go from strength to strength, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, they're going to be around for a hell of a long time. So look, that brings us to our weekly roundup of what's going on around town, obviously their show The Family is uh, a project from the 13th to the 28th of January um, and there's all kinds of excellent actors there, the brilliant Brian Bennett who of course we mentioned during the interview will be there, Jer Kelly's there, there's a load of great guys, you got to go down and check this out. This is uh, this is the company that everyone's talking about. Why don't you take yourself down there and find out why? Um, also, a project as part of the first Fortnite festival, uh, Una McKevitt's show Five Six Five Plus will be playing there, but that's only on for a short run. So make sure you get in there, check out the dates, and get down if you get a chance. That's well worth checking out before it goes. Um, at the Viking Theatre at the Sheds over in Clontarf, Satanta Murphy by Garrett Kyo is going on again, and as far as I know, that's starring Garrett Kyo himself and the brilliant Luke Griffin. So that would certainly be worth checking out. Two brilliant actors there. The Government Inspector is still running at the Abbey. The last few weeks of that, this is your coming up to your last chance to go and check that out with uh, the brilliant Rory Nolan, who we've had on, Peter Daly, who we've had on, Marion O'Dwyer's there, Don Witchley, loads of brilliant actors. Get yourself down there and have a, a great night out at the theatre. Um, Robinson Crusoe and the Caribbean Pirates at the Gaiety will be coming to a close in the coming weeks as well. Uh, brilliant performers in there. Michael Grinnell is there, Samantha Mumba, Keith Hanna is there. That's going to be a great night out for the family if you can bring them out. Little Women has just been extended at the gate, so you have a few more chances to go and see people like the awesome Marty Ray. Michael James Ford is in there, Peter Gaynor's there, Lisa McLaughlin. The brilliant David O'Mara, who introduced me to the world of Irish whiskey many, many years ago, for which I'm eternally grateful. Um, and Fergal Titley's there as well. That's going to be a super show. Get yourself down there to catch uh, to catch that if possible. Gibraltar is still running at the new theatre in Temple Bar. That's the adaptation from Joyce's Ulysses, which has been getting great reviews. And uh, that's certainly worth a look if you get a chance. Uh, the new show uh, to start the new year at Bewley's Cafe Theatre, the lunchtime slot, is a play called Those Sick and Indigent, um, which is being directed by Dan Reardon and uh, features Mark Lambert, who is just exceptional in everything he ever does, uh, and the brilliant Jerry O'Brien. That's going to be an excellent way to spend your lunch break if you have a chance. Um, also, 47 Roses, Peter Sheridan's show, which we spoke about last week, is coming to Dreyacht in Blanchardstown. Uh, Peter is... An exceptional storyteller, absolutely steeped in theatre. Please do go and check that out if you uh, if you at all can. 
And then the final show that we're going to mention this week is a show that's called The Devil's Spine Band, which is going to be playing at Smock Alley, which seems like the most bizarre and exciting collaboration and mishmash of all different kinds of forms. It's apparently inspired by an Oscar Wilde lecture tour to Colorado, which has a mix of Japanese buto dancers and a live blues band with crazy visuals mixed in. Um, and it's almost like a durational piece. I think it's running uh, for three hours each night where you can kind of come and go as you please. And then I think on the Saturday evening, um, it's it's like a five hour long slot. Again, free to come and go as you please. That's going to be very, very interesting. You'll be able to check that out on, uh, on Smack Alley's website. should have uh, information on it there. And so that's us, uh, a crazy, crazy week, like I said at the start, but it's been joyous. I'm delighted it's all happening. Do please get out there, keep supporting the podcast. Uh, reviews, ratings, telling to your friends, it all helps, it all keeps us there. And the more prominent we are, the more prominent we can be given pushes to all these great shows and all this great work that is going on and, and help people get to see all this brilliant Irish theatre. So that is episode 10 in the books. We're officially in double figures. We will, of course, be back next week for another chat with one of Ireland's leading theatre makers. This has been the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. For Angus Og McAnally, I'm Angus Og McAnally. We'll see you next week. Oh,